Middle East and North Africa region one year after the Arab Spring. This is the topic of our discussion. I'm Usman Hayat from CFA Institute. And today in this Take 15, I'm joined by Dr. Henry Azam, who's an economist and the chairman of Deutsche Bank for the MENA region. Welcome, Dr. Azam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the key economic progress or the key economic outlook one year after the Arab Spring, where does it look like the region is heading? You see, one year ago, when the Arab youth took to the streets demanding change of regimes, they were hoping that there would be political reforms and with that, new job opportunities. One year later, they are realizing that there is a big gap between expectations and reality. The jobs that they wanted so much are not there. On the contrary, things are deteriorating because several sectors have been affected by the risk and uncertainty. The private sector is being criticized uh, because of the relationship it had with the previous regime, so they are not investing, they are not employing. As a matter of fact, in countries that experienced uprising, we had an increase in unemployment, less job opportunities rather than more job opportunities. Things deteriorated sort of. We also had elections in a few Arab countries, and we have seen the Islamist parties winning majority blocks in the new parliaments. Even in those countries where we, don't, we didn't have elections, we expect Islamists to win big time going forward. So this is a major development happening. So one year down the road, people are disappointed in a way. The youth are disappointed. The youth wanted uh, quick solutions, but we all know that solutions takes time. When you change regimes, when you start putting new uh, policies in place, it will take time for them to materialize, to bring fruition, to see the results. So we have to do very important thing. Uh, we have to manage the expectations of the youth. Can you give an example to illustrate this point? And the best example is Indonesia. Uh, I'm sure you remember when Suharto was removed out of power in Indonesia by an, uh, an uprising. Uh, uh, the first two years were very bad. Things deteriorated. 1998 uh, to uh, till, uh, 1999, things went down. Uh, but between the year 2000 to the year 2010, economic conditions picked up. Uh, we have seen growth averaging 4.6% in Indonesia because with the new regime being in place and after two years of putting the right policies, we have seen the results down the road, improvement in economic conditions, improvement in employment conditions. So it takes time. Things deteriorate and then they start improving. It could take two years, it could take three years, it could take less. It depends on the country. Uh, but in general, we would expect and the youth should expect uh, period of uncertainty, period of weaker economic growth at the beginning, weaker currencies, higher inflation, all these normal problems associated with risk and uncertainties, associated with uprisings. But if the right policies were put in place, if the expectations of the youth have been well managed, then things should start improving one year, two years, three years down the road. I see. So you put a lot of emphasis on policymakers following the right policies. If you could explain a little what would, in your view, be those right policies? 
I will reiterate, the first and most important things new government should do is communicate with the public, communicate with the, with the youth who took to the streets demanding change. Tell them that the right policies are being put in place, but for them to be effective it takes time. So we need to manage expectations first and foremost. Once we manage their expectations, then the youth would be willing to wait. Once they accept to wait, because they are, they are seeing uh, governments elected by them, so they will, they will wait for a while. Then we need to have in place the right policies. And the most important thing is to encourage talent. The solution to the problems of the region are not Islam, Islamism, nor capitalism, nor populism. It is talentism. Talent is more important today than natural resources. If you take a company like Facebook, it has when it goes public, it will, have, it will be more valuable on the stock market than General Motors or Mobile Exxon. So natural resources are important, but talent is more important. This is what we're missing. We need to nurture talent in this part of the world. I see. And what would be examples of some of the policies which would nurture the talent in the region? The future of the region is sitting in the primary and secondary schools. So we go there and try to improve on the quality, not the quantity. We have enough students going to schools and universities. We need to improve on the quality of education. We need to provide the software and the hardware. The software is the way of thinking, the analytical training people how to think analytically, uh, give them uh, the knowledge in English so that they can uh, go through the cyberspace, benefit from where information is. And so far we have been teaching them to memorize information, to learn things. We need to show them where to find information. We need to show them how to think energy. And to do that, to bring them to the cyberspace, you need to have better connectivity to the internet, we need to have better knowledge of the English language, and we need the hardware whereby we need electricity in the various rural areas, and we need to distribute more computers to them. So this connectivity is very important. We need talent. We need them to grow. We need them to understand. So education with, with connectivity, new way of thinking, new way of teaching is the, the heart of it. This is part of it. The second part is in nurturing talent, you need uh, the, the the legal system. If, if, for example, today you have a company and it fails, the loans that the entrepreneur took from the bank uh, go, comes back to haunt him in his own capital. There is no limited liability in most of the countries of the region. We need limited liability. We need to encourage people to take risk once and twice. They could fail the first time, but if they fail, it is the company that failed, not their personal wealth and the family wealth and the friends and family capital that they drew onto in order to finance these. So we need new bankruptcy law, we need to, to, we need a better legal infrastructure that would facilitate, that would encourage people to take risk and uh, start their own ventures. I see. So would it be fair to say that what you're suggesting is investing in people so there are more entrepreneurs and then providing the right framework, legal framework for these entrepreneurs to actually get the economic outcomes that we're looking for. Definitely. The future is to have talent, to have entrepreneurs, to have people 
I mean, we always talk about the youth as being the problem. We always talk about 20 to 40 percent unemployment among the youth. I want to look at the youth as being the solution. I want them to be creative. I want them to be entrepreneurial. I want them to be able to do things. And they are. I mean, this generation did the impossible politically in the last year. I mean, who, 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 who thought something like that could happen? An earthquake politically. Businessmen have to support them to do the impossible economically. And this is the challenge. How could they do it economically as they did it politically? And this is where we're heading to. Give them the tools, give them the infrastructure, give them the legal, the educational, the system, so that they can. They are so creative in what they did politically, so they can do it. But let's support them. Let's make it easy for them. Let's facilitate the process. It all seems to be a bit longer term in nature. What about the short to medium term, what about the outlook for, let's say, one year to five years? The outlook, and here we have to differentiate between the Gulf, with the rich natural resources they have, mainly oil, and the countries of the Levant and North Africa where we had the uprising. Unfortunately, I'm not very optimistic on North Africa and the Levant. They have to go through a period of adjustment. They have to go through the down cycle first before they go up. And if they have in place the right policies, we could see things improving considerably one, two years down the road. But I'm worried that this year is another weak year for those countries. They are adapting, they are adjusting new regimes, new policies. Now, if you look at the Gulf, there, uh, we started the year on a very strong uh, footing. We have seen improvement in oil prices above $120 a barrel. We have seen stock market shooting up. Saudi market is up more than 23% from the beginning of the year. Uh, we have seen the return of confidence. We have seen banking lending again. We have seen additional liquidity in the system. And equally important, the regional and global background is supportive. No uprisings this year. We had it, so it is less disruptive. And the international global, no Greece, no euro uh, crisis also helps. So the Gulf is likely to do well. And when we say the Gulf, I'm not only saying the government, yes, the governments are getting more money and spending, but it's the private sector which is going to do much better in the Gulf this year compared to last year. So we're looking at the strong private sector leading economic growth this year, supported by expansionary budgetary budgets in the various countries in the Gulf region, and the Gulf doing well in a position to support, and hopefully they will support the other Arab countries to help them go through the transitory period. It's going to be hard for some of them, but eventually things will start picking up one, two years down the road. So you're hopeful both in the short term and the long term, if the right policies are followed? I am optimistic for the Gulf to continue doing very well short, medium, long term. For the non-oil Arab countries, short term, difficulties, challenges, but medium, long term, quite promising. With this, we conclude our Take 15. Thank you, Dr. Azam, for sharing your insights. And thank you for watching this Take 15. Copyright 2012 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.